Banks kick off earnings and the market needs a catalyst. So will they do it? Let's talk Goldman in particular. Joining us, Jeff Hart is a managing director and senior research analyst at Piper Sandler. Jeff, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for being here to preview some banks with us. Good afternoon. It's going to be actually banking season uh, for, for reporting and that we're finally getting some of the things we were really hoping for and waiting for. But we're also seeing some growing concerns that we were hoping to postpone and not have to to deal with right away. So it'll be interesting to see how everything actually plays out. It's going to be all eyes on the, the windshield as opposed to the rearview mirror here, though, I think. It's going to be more about what the banks and management teams are seeing now as far as appetite in the capital markets, credit quality, loan growth, that kind of stuff, as opposed to what these actual results turn out to be. Results should be okay outside of the capital markets, but really that the outlook's the key. So is it just a matter of... Uh... Uh, expectations and living up to the COVID uh, IPO boom for the capital market side, all the SPACs and stuff that the banks uh, made money on, is that going to be tough to uh, keep going comparatively? Well, that, that was going to be tough to, to keep going comparatively, even back in January, early February. But uh, with Russia invading Ukraine and kind of what that does to the world as far as energy prices, we've seen commodities go crazy but also the potential, I think the real, very real potential for a recession in Europe, that injects a lot of volatility, which is even harder on the capital markets. So, I mean, we're kind of, you know, tough comps, but also some real-time headwinds. I think the good news here, though, is most of the underlying drivers and things we look at are still looking pretty good. The IPO pipeline is still pretty strong. It's a matter of a stable enough market for things to get done. And bankers are busy in investment banking. So, in theory, uh, you know, M&A could continue on. And though there, there could be some surprise marks, right, for especially if, if, if some desks have trading positions in, in commodities, but we see pretty good volume and pretty good volatility, which should be good for, for trading as well. So, I mean, I, you know, the, the ideal outlook would be we get not only from a humanitarian standpoint, but for the banks, some peace in Russia, you know, or in the Ukraine, you know, a ceasefire, and it kind of let the world get back to the economic growth as opposed to, you know, worrying about shocks like that. So for a Goldman Sachs or a JP with the capital markets focus, uh, are they going to be a little bit uh, more at risk than, say, a regional bank or a lender with a lot of regional presence like a Bank of America or Wells Fargo? How does that comparison look? Yeah, I mean, as we're coming into the quarter, I, I like like a B and A would, would be my top pick coming into the quarter. Okay, you get some capital markets there too, but to your point. It's not nearly as big a part of their business, and that's where the weakness is set, as it is for, say, J.P. Morgan or Goldman Sachs. But you also get a lot of interest rate exposure because interest rates are finally rising for the first time, and you also got loan growth, right? I mean, that's something we've been waiting for a while on. The loan growth is actually showing up. So I think, you know, some of the more traditional banks, something like a B of A, are, are well positioned. The other thing, B of A, and Wells Fargo brings it to the table as well, is efficiency, right? They have scale. And in an environment like this where costs are rising and there's a lot of inflation, scale can make all the difference. And I would, I would expect B of A specifically to give some of the better expense guidance out there on the street. So you couple rising interest rates, loan growth, and the ability to become more efficient through scale, that's kind of playing relatively into Bank of America's hands. What's that trade-off right now looking like between interest rates maybe potentially helping the profitability for those loans for banks, but then... Uh, arguably a recessionary risk uh, and a big housing boom that might be cooling off. Does the volume drop? Uh, let, let's say the yield curve actually widens out finally. Uh, what about the volumes? I mean, uh, a lot of people got houses over the last couple of years. 
Yeah, it's a little bit of be careful what you wish for, right? With the low interest rates, you're kind of looking for higher interest rates for so long. Now that we've got them, the fear is that the Fed is going to raise them, you know, you know, until something breaks, so we'd be looking at a recession. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that is not the case. But as we sit here today, I mean, loan growth is still strong. Loans are still loan growth is still accelerating, and the interest rate environment is looking a lot more favorable. So, you know, look out a couple of quarters. Looks pretty solid for banks, but then you get the big concern is this potential yield curve inversion and, you know, a rapidly hyping Fed actually going to lead us to a recession. At this point, we don't think so. I mean, definitely slow in growth, and we're still seeing growth in the U.S., but that's that's certainly something the market's going to worry about. And when you start worrying about recession, you got to start worrying about credit losses, and that tends to be a, can be a challenge for the banks as well if they start to materialize. Interesting. Uh, and uh, Jeff, uh, lastly, Morgan Stanley, the one that you're not a fan of, market either. It seems like uh, that has been the correct read, sitting near its 52 or roughly 40-week lows or so. How come? What's going on with Morgan Stanley? Well, similar to Goldman, they're very kind of weighted to the capital markets. And, and for Morgan Stanley, more specifically, the equity side of the table, right? It's yep. equity underwriting, equity trading, and really the big retail brokerage business is very equity-centric. So I mean, both men and Goldman are facing headwinds, but with equity markets kind of being tougher, that probably plays out a little bit more so for Morgan Stanley. And you layer on top of that, that Morgan Stanley's just got a premium valuation. I mean, the stock's done really well, uh, but it's, you know, it, it's assumed it's going to continue doing really well, whereas I think the, the bar is quite a bit lower for, for Goldman on a, a valuation basis. Jeff, love the analysis. Think we hit all the big ones. Uh, really great way to cap off our session here. Thanks for jumping on the show with us. Thanks for having me on. Very helpful. Earnings kicking off this week. Get ready. Jeff Hart, Managing Director and Senior Research Analyst at Piper Sandler.